five, six, seven, eight. We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? Welcome to the Spirit of Us Cheer Podcast. Wow. This is a show where we motivate, inspire, and share resources with cheer coaches and athletes. All right. Welcome back to <laughs> episode two of the Spirit of Us. <laughs> Today, we have a bunch of friends on the podcast from different size schools, and we're here to talk about all things that pertain to different classes of cheer. So we'll just kind of jump into it. Hey, everybody. Hey. So we'll kind of just start with introduction. Just share like your first name, how long you've been coaching, and what class your school belongs to. So. I'm Tim Gibson. I coach at Waukee High School. I We are class 5A or class 4A for most things, except for wrestling, which is 3A. And then I coach fall, winter, and competitive cheerleading, which are all three separate contracts at my school, which is super nice. I'll go off that because we're also a large school. So my name is Alyssa Howlett. I'm the cheer coach at Ankeny Centennial. I'm the head cheer coach there. This is my 12th year coaching. And we are also a 5A, 4A, 3A, the largest of any of the divisions. My name's Megan, and I coach at a 3A school, Pella, and I am the assistant coach for football and then kind of a fill-in for the winter season. So I am just the football, but then I brought back competition for them this year, so that's really exciting. All right. I'm Misty, Misty Whistle. I'm from Clorinda. I am the basketball cheerleading coach. I help with competition. This is my third year. Clorinda is like 2A, 3A. I think we do like weird it depends on where we're at like 1a in some areas but we're really 2a school i also coached at clarinda academy when that was open so that was great times that was class a so yeah we've got we're, we're a good time i'm chelsea hinkle i am the coach at madrid we are a class a class 1a school this is my eighth year and i do football basketball and competition and that is just one contract for me Hi guys, excited to be back this week and excited how many of you tuned in last week. To those of you who are new, welcome. To those of you who are back, welcome back. My name is Kaylee. I coach at a 3A school here in Central Iowa and this is my eighth year coaching. I coach football and competition cheer. I take a break in the winter. My fall assistants do winter cheer. I take a break for my own personal mental health. I think that Putting a break in between there for me (laughs) makes me a better coach in the fall. But I know that a lot of schools aren't necessarily lucky enough to have a plethora of cheer coaches that want to separate all those contracts. So I give all the props and all the shout outs to those of you who do it all because literally could never bless you. So we are excited to talk to you all today and hear what you have to say about your programs because you'll give us a diversity of thought, which is awesome. So when thinking about class size... What do you guys feel like is something that you feel like is maybe like a myth that's tied to your class or like something that you feel like, hey, at a large school, we really struggle with this that might be unique or even at a really small school or a middle sized school. Like, what do you feel like is something that you struggle with or you find that's different for you? I would say it's probably the biggest issue I would think would be a money issue. I mean, I know at when I was at the academy, it what we didn't we barely had any money pretty much to get by so it was just a skin of your teeth type of situation 
And we're lucky that we've got cheer boosters. We have an athletic booster club and they do stuff. And we kind of felt, and this was after I graduated, they felt that the cheerleaders did not get enough love. And so then they started their own little booster club. And so we raise all of our money. We put it in there and we kind of are like, it's like a subgroup of the athletic booster club. So if we're getting new uniforms, the athletic booster club may pay just a small portion where the cheer boosters take up the other stuff. We also pay for camp out of it, competition, all of our stuff. So we know that we are, we're taken care of. So, I mean, that's how we do it. But I would love to just, you know, get mats and have a spot for our cheerleaders. But we really, that's without the money and the facilities, we really don't get that love, unfortunately. And I'm sure every squad on here can say that, yeah, we're bottom of the barrel. I mean, we get more championships than the football team does and then the basketball team, but, you know, they're still like, oh, you're kind of second-class citizens. So we just want, like, a place and stuff. So if we had money, we could do that. Amen, sister. I also think... A big myth, and I even had it as well, and then it kind of like busted whenever I took over the job at Waukee, is that it's a big school. It's a 5A school. They have lots of money. All the contracts are separated. I'm going to have everything that I want. That is so far from the truth. That makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah, like I also still have some huge funding issues, and just because it's a bigger school does not mean that it's better. So I think that's my big myth with 5A, 4A schools is that people look up to us. I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like, Waukee's facilities are absolutely amazing. Yes, I'm fortunate enough to have my own cheer practice space on any given day. And I have great mats and I have a great AD and those kinds of things. But there are just still some of those smaller things that we haven't had new mats in nine years and we probably need to buy some new ones. But athletic department's not paying for them. Okay, I was going to say opposite. We actually have uh, facilities issue. We have so many kids that are involved in so many different sports every season that I would love to have a practice space, but like we have a billion volleyball girls, we have a billion basketball players. And so there's never a good spot for us to be. So even though we are a larger school, we still struggle with a facility space. So we actually practice in the cafeteria. So every day they have to move all of the cafeteria tables away and put them back for us. So shouts to our custodians because they're the best every day they move those, those for us so we can cheer. So where do you store your mats, Alyssa? We have a that has like all of our stuff. It has the basketball closet, like all the different closets for different sports. And so we have a cheer closet. It's the same size as all the other closets. And we shove all of our mats into this small closet. And you have to kind of- <laughs> Like a out. clown car. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you have, there's like a whole strategy. Like day one of practice every season is, okay, let's learn how to put the mats away so that you can shimmy by and then get to our storage wall of all the bins of- uniforms and bows and paint supplies and all of that. So, and there's also like a, I think like a wireless router giant thing in the closet too. So it's a whole, it's like a Rubik's cube setup in our closet, but it works. So every day they have to take it out, roll them out and put them back in. But that's like- I went to one of Alyssa's practices before we had our own mats and it is a process. Her kids have it down. It was also very interesting. I think the day I was there, you were not practicing in the cafeteria. You were practicing in a different gym. So they had to go out and down and then through a door and then another door and then a corner. And by golly, they pushed. They did it. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) Aren't kids resilient? We have a 712 building. They put all the the 778 kids in the high school. So we don't even have room for kids. 
I mean, we're literally trying to get a bond issue passed so that we could do that. And I talked to the superintendent. I said, so space for the cheerleaders? It's what we need. Because <laughs> we're practicing in the cafeteria, in hallways, and in the weight room. Because that's the tallest area. Because you took away the choir room. So you're going to, like, help a sister out here? But, yeah, so, we, we have one map. <laughs> so, Tim, like, I would be curious, too. So, like, obviously you came after the split between Waukee and Northwest. Right? We actually haven't talked about this. We talk every day, but like, I would be curious because like your cheer room, like you you had your closet. Cause I remember when you started in there. Yes. But yes. then because there's empty classrooms now because of the split that will quickly be filled up, but they were empty for now. Right. Like what was the, I would love to know what the space situation was when that school was completely full. So whenever Cause, like, there's first... clearly enough for two high schools now, but it was all in one. <laughs> Yes. So whenever I, I remember when I first got hired and I was, I was working at Scooters at the time and I was like, Ooh, I need to go check out the cheer closet. Cause we were getting ready to issue uniforms for the following year. And I'd never been up there. And I came right at the like three, a three Oh five bell. Like when they got out of school and I, like, I literally, you couldn't move like in the, in our main hallway, which if you've been in Waukee high school where the two staircases are upstairs to the academic hallways, it was just people as far as you could see it was nuts it was just packed like sardines and it was just absolutely crazy so like at that point like no my classroom was a computer lab which is actually great because I have all these plugins in the ground all over my room so like I can plug in my cricket and I can plug in a laminator and all that like and have it at all different tables but no it was it's it's much different now they're hoping to keep me there as long as possible until, I mean, Waukee in the next five years is not going to look the same as it does today because our incoming kindergarten class is over a thousand kids. Well, it's going to be huge again. It's, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's going to be nuts. So I know I'll eventually get bumped out, but hopefully at that point, like there's either another school or there's another addition or something, or just like a whole cheer complex named after Tim Gibson or something with my own private office and all that fun stuff. But, you know, speaking of a thousand kids, speaking of about Chelsea, tell us about your program because you're kind of on the opposite end, right? There might be a thousand kids in your whole district. Okay. <laughs> That's pushing it. Oh, oh, there she is. I'm not even sure if we have that. I think we have 900 uh, in our district. Yeah, we. I'm not even sure we have 700. So, what do you feel That's like is it. either a myth or what do you need? Um, or so, God bless Jordan for letting us use her mats because you know, week before state, hey, Roll we tigs. haven't gone full out with the competition mat because we don't have that. So, we also practice in our cafeteria. We don't have the pleasure of our custodians moving the tables. We get to do that every day. So that's our, they know they get changed and move tables so that we can practice. And if there's a game or something going on, we get pushed to the hallway. That kind of stinks that we don't, I mean, especially in the winter time, we rarely get stunting time or any time in a gym for that. Warming up for games is when we get to do our stunting, but our volleyball and basketball coaches are nice enough to let us use a little section of the gym during football and competition season. It was actually nice this year. It was the week of state and our volleyball and football were done and the basketball coaches came up and said, hey, when can we practice? We're going to let you guys have the gym. And I was like, wow, Bless. that made me feel good. Do you have yeah. a wrestling program, Chelsea? We do not. We do have wrestlers, but they go to a different school to do that. We practiced on the wrestling mats. We were like, yeah, well, 
sucks to suck. We're going to practice there because we need to practice on mats. So that's why I wondered. Nope. We do have, we have three strips of mat, which was all funded from fundraising. That was paid for by our cheer count. So I am pushing to use more because my lovely brother is the head football coach and assistant track coach. And he thought it would be a great idea to use our mats for indoor shot put. So we've got lovely shot put holes in our mats. And he thought it was no big deal because, you know, football, they they get all the money in the world. So let's just say we didn't talk for weeks. So he's going to throw a little something extra in your stocking this year? Just roll up a couple mats? No kidding. So this actually was a couple years ago. So I'm still working on the school. Hey. For everyone listening, everybody's mouth is on the floor. We what? Right. We're like, cannot. Oh, oh I, my. I kind of feel like I have a weird perspective. So because I came from, well, we used to coach at a 2A school. Have, <clears throat> excuse me. And now I coach at a 3A school. And so I thought it was going to be totally different. But I mean, just like everybody else, we have the same issue of space. So 3A at Pella, our biggest practice space is the wrestling room. But like when it came to competition time, the girls have never done this before. I'm literally putting like painter's tape down on the wrestling mats. Like this is your lines. Like this is where your line is on the mat, this is the middle of your mat for the giant decks. Like, this is your middle mat. And it's like, this is how we're practicing. But of course the wrestling coaches come in and they're like, why is there tape on our mats? And they're like, because this is what we got. Luckily, my husband is one of the wrestling coaches and he's listening in the next room. So he's very kind, very, very fine. But that's what we have. And if even if we were sideline, if we were practicing outdoors on the track, marching band is practicing at the same time as us. And Pella's marching band, let me tell you, probably has more people in marching band than like the football team or any other sport combined. Like they're massive and props to them, little plug, they are going to the Rose Bowl this year. But it's just insane. Like I thought going to this big school, I have this space, but we don't even have a single mat. So I luckily just, you know, work with the college in town and went and used their mats, practice really late use their mats but even at the 2a school i coached at like had mats we just practiced in the cafeteria but we at least had mats now those didn't have any storage space for those they were in a hallway like Lissa. but it's just insane that all of these schools no matter your size usually don't even have proper practice space so this is a hill that i will die on <laughs> and i have had this conversation with a lot of coaches on this podcast right now Like the absence of mats in cheer programs is mind blowing to me. So at the school I was at, when I took over football and competition, there were also no mats. So when I went to our athletic director, who's not there anymore, and proposed like, we need mats, he kind of was like, why? And I said, it's the same reason basketball players need a basketball hoop. It's 100% necessary. And then I like put down this giant proposal on his desk of all the research as to why it's a giant safety liability <laughs> to not have mats. Like that you're asking kids to hold other kids above their head and hope that things go okay on the way down. Like, that and that you're not, not going to drop them on concrete. Right. Like that is not safe. And so I will say you know, and he was very supportive of like, you understand, like it's going to take one parent to sue the school for lack of resources and safety precautions for, <laughs> you know, and I'm pretty sure Matt's are cheaper than a lawsuit, but 
I will say like the school I'm at has always kind of after we I opened that door has been very, very supportive. Our AD now, shout out, because he actually listened to this podcast. He is also very supportive of cheer and advocated for our practice space because I was practicing in a library. I was also practicing in a cafeteria. We were practicing everywhere. And we have a gym at one of our intermediate schools that he negotiated for us to practice in. And I know that's not the case for everyone, but if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. And I feel, and maybe it's just me, but like, I feel that it, it is hard to ask for something that's really that expensive. But at the same time, like the kids aren't going to ask. So it's kind of up to us to do that. But I mean, do you guys feel like that's something that's in your way? Like talk about what you need as a program. And do you feel like, well, we've, they've always said no before. Why would they I think say my yes thing now? even currently is what just like, think? if we are able to get them, then it's where do we keep them? I think. And I, so I had the same issue, Megan, and I will tell you, you will find a place if people are motivated enough. <laughs> we store ours, we store them in the bleachers of this gym because it's just used for like little kid PE. Is that ideal? No, but guess what? To roll those bad boys out, we just <laughs> push them down and roll them out and tape them up. Like there is space in schools if people want to find it. And that's like, I'm, you know, I would just be really willing to push back on that. Because I can guarantee you, like, they find places for football things. <laughs> they find places for other athletics. Like, and you just kind of have to be willing to stand there and not take no for an answer. I know that sounds super entitled, but it's not about us. It's about our kids and their safety. I think another big thing as well, because I've asked, I haven't asked for maths yet, but I've asked for some other big things like hosting a cheer competition, which was going to cost us money up front. And I was like, P.S. I have no money up front to pay for this, but I think the money's going to be here. I promise. Maybe. I'm not sure. Right? And we made it back and we're all fine. But even in this map conversation, like, schools have, it is it is public information that they have funding. They have accounts specifically for safety for athletes. So whether that's whenever football needs new pads because they're deteriorating and falling apart, there is a safety budget. There's a safety account for athletics, for activities departments to be able to pay for things out of. Whenever the mats for wrestling start to wear and tear and get gross and are splitting apart and that kind of thing, that's where some of that money comes from. Can they pay for everything? Probably not, right? But it's a great way to come to the to AD and just be like, look, I'm willing to fundraise half if you can meet me halfway or if you can meet me even a quarter of the way and you tell me I got to do 75%, I'll figure it out right there is money there are district funds that are that are allocated in every school district i think that there's a conversation that goes along with the purchase of of mats that goes beyond finances i think you know if you had asked me five years ago if i needed a full floor of mats i would have told you heck no i can spend money in a lot different ways but i've learned a lot about the sport of cheerleading in the last five years and you can talk to coaches who have been in the game two, five, 10, 20 years. The sport of cheerleading has evolved. And I think that a lot of times it's not necessarily that they don't programs or schools or whatever, maybe don't want to spend the money or they're not willing to spend the money or they're not willing to find the space. They just don't necessarily have an understanding of why we need it because their vision of cheerleading is standing on the sideline at a Friday night football game, leading the crowd in cheers. It's 
it's not necessarily throwing baskets and tumbling and throwing up stunts and hitting pyramids. And so I think a lot of that comes to conversations with your AD and even education. My AD is fantastic and he's very supportive, but I've also thought about figuring out ways to bring him to our practice. Like come watch us for 20 minutes. And when I ask you for a cup of grand, <laughs> now you know why. Like now you've seen why you understand why I need what I need. And it's not that they don't, I think there's a lot of conversation to be had beyond just not wanting to spend the money. They don't understand why they need to spend the money. So. I think the podcast listeners will want to know, what do you guys require your children to purchase? <laughs> Tea time. Because <laughs> this is a conversation I have with my assistant coaches every year. And every year, <laughs> Queens, it changes. So let, let us hear it. At Clorinda, our girls are required to, they buy their shoes, they buy sweatpants, they buy a jacket that has their name on it from Varsity, which is the same color as our uniforms, pants, jacket, they get gloves if they're in football, head thing, let's see, they buy clothes for camp. I know with us, we do most of our stuff that's required is all clothing based. Like it's like your shoes. We don't do camp clothes. We do practice clothes. And I really try to help it out throughout the, the four years that they're essentially going to be a cheerleader. So if they purchase the items as a freshman, they shouldn't unless they lose it or want a different size or replacement, they don't have to purchase another one. So I've tried to look at the, like the time that you are in the program for four years that you are spending the minimal amount of money. Um, so this, we've had the same shoes that we have the exact same practice clothes. We've had them since our school opened. So people have the same shirts and we've had the same bows. So as long as you continue on your price, I mean, you think it's cheaper and cheaper as you go through. We've also tried to just help out in general costs as a whole. So we try to minimize the warm ups. Those are usually the pretty expensive setup. So as freshmen, you don't have to buy them. And we make them like something you can add on as you go because you're not buying all the other things as a freshman your first time. You can then buy the warm-up jacket as a junior because you don't have to buy all the other things. So we try to kind of separate it out so it's not all the money every year. It kind of distributes itself over four years. And even through fall and winter, I think that's a perk of being the head of both fall and winter is that it can be consistent throughout the entire program. So for us... This was our first year that the school actually paid for body liners and palms. In the past, the cheerleaders have paid for palms, body liners, warm-up shoes, bows, pretty much everything besides the shell and the skirt. But this year, our booster club has taken over buying uniforms, and we are on an every fourth-year basis of uniforms. But this year, they added in the body liners and the school Bought our palms, so that was really exciting. For Pella, really, they only have to yeah. or buy their shoes. That there hasn't been a requirement set, so it's just basically make sure they're cheer shoes and run them by us first if it's something weird. I did bring up the option for them to buy their warm ups this year because they had just been like using school issued ones, and I'm like, if you buy your warm up, you can have your name on it. So that was a huge incentive. And some only bought like the jacket, and then are borrowing pants, or some bought both, or didn't even buy any of them. So that's really helped. And then they get to keep it. So That is nice. I mean, that's the thing I, I feel like I really worry about as a coach is that how expensive cheerleading can be. 
And, you know, so we, I kind of follow the same model as Alyssa and trying to keep the same thing. So we bought new warm up, I think like four years ago. And like we did varsity, like we love them still. And so like, if you bought them as a freshman, you still have them. And so what I tell seniors too, is like, Hey, just if you're done with yours, like no one's wearing that to college, sell it to a freshman. So I kind of have like our little buy sell trade going on within our team sometimes because no, I mean, seniors are not taking their warm up with them. So keep their palms. So they buy them for comp. We have a team set because they aren't used as frequently, but as we all know, like palms just get trashed and kids like to have their own, but that's something that like, I'm on the fence about I do not require like a team shoe. I give them options. I just feel like everybody's feet are different. So do what works best for you. Just need to be white cheer shoes. And we do like a headband. And again, but I've had the same one for four or five years. But I, what I tell parents is like, if you're, if your child sticks with it, those costs go away because you, now you have it. So it really just is like your t-shirts and bows. But I feel like what gets kids is our camp. Cause we go to two of them. Our comp team goes to NCA and we don't stay overnight. So that helps because it's in the town that we're in and our camp at the all-star cheer gym we go to at tribe, you know, that's also another expense. So that's kind of what, where it gets tacked on is camps. We're very similar in that camp is probably the biggest cost for our kids. I, they get, you know, crinkly and wrinkly, but I buy program palms and I check them out at the beginning of the year and I turn them back in. And this year we got new palms. So palms are basically on a four-year rotation or until the AD was like, I'm tired of seeing these crinkly palms. Let's get some new ones. I also have program warmups. I don't make the kids buy their own or have the kids buy their own. Just for my own sake, I find it easier and I find it one less thing that the kids have to buy. And a couple of people commented this on our Facebook post earlier this week about what you would buy if you had no money. But to me, the less I have to charge for the activity, the more accessible I feel the activity is and the more kids I can have do it. Because there are kids, we all have kids who would not be cheerleaders if they had to pay 500, 1,000, whatever, if they had to cover warm-ups, shoes, bows, blah, 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 blah. And so we have ways to help and cover that, but I try and keep that down and warm-ups can be kind of expensive. So for me, that's something that I feel the school provides. Our kids buy their own shoes, but as everybody else has said, if you buy it once, you got them and you can hold on to them and seniors sell them. And same with bows. We've had the same bows for five years and upperclassmen will sell them or they'll keep them or they'll hand them down to siblings. I just try. Plus, I find stuff that I like. <laughs> and once I like it, I just hold on to it. And I just keep it because then I don't have to go through the like mental gymnastics of trying to pick and choose something else that's new. So speaking of camp, because, I mean, do you guys all go to camp in the summer? I mean, is your school for that? Is it against it? Do you have access to it? Like, because I feel like this could be something that differs, differs between class sizes or if you compete or if you don't or you know, just what's around. We go to camp in the summer. Where do you go to camp? The past three years, like when I was in school, we would always go down to Northwest Missouri State University because it's just like 30 minutes away. This last year we went there and that was like a four-day camp. That was a lot. That was UCA. We didn't feel like we had enough practice time to like perfect ourselves because it was just so jam-packed full of everything. The year before we went to Iowa State and that was an NCA camp. I think 
our girls liked NCA better because it was like we would learn something, then we would get the time to make it better. And then we were, I mean, I think they felt like more prepared because that's just our kids in general teach us something and then we want to get better at it and then we can move on. So they're perfectionists. Clarifying question. Yeah. Did you do speed camp no. or did you do traditional? Use at NCA, we did traditional. At UCA, we did traditional. But UC, okay. UCA was just, your every single minute was timed out. Even like at, at NCA after dinner, we had time to like decompress yeah. as a team. At UCA, sure. you were going until nine o'clock at night and then going to bed, getting up at 6.30 and then you're eating at seven and boom, you're going at eight. So it was just very, it was over scheduled which i mean i get with high schoolers you've got to do that i've worked with some knuckleheads i understand you want to over schedule but i don't know i just maybe it could be me i i did not have time to be like okay guys now let's breathe let's go over what we did i think they were just rushed and they couldn't like perfect stunts and we want i mean and for a lot of our girls because we don't have I mean, we've talked about the practice space. We talked about the mats. We don't have mats or a good practice space. So we are solid at preps, like solid. Anything like above that, it gets a little iffy because, well, I don't want girls dropping and falling on concrete. Like I know you guys wouldn't either. So that's why I'm like, okay, let's stick with what we, we can do really solid. And so once we got to extensions, we have a few girls that can do those, but we don't got the maps to do it. So at camp, that's when we're like, okay, let's perfect these skills so that when we go home, we don't have to perfect them. We've got it. And then they don't have to think twice. So that's why we kind of use camp. We used to go to camp the first couple of years of our school, but it just didn't work out. We didn't have enough girls of each team show up since we couldn't make it mandatory. So it ended up not really being super beneficial for us. And like all of you guys mentioned, it's super expensive to go and to find a camp that worked well with what we wanted and the timing. The ones that were close by ended up falling during our like town community festival. So we couldn't go to those. So we had to travel. Shout out Summerfest. Yes. <laughs> so we ended up going to the Dells a few years. And so that's a journey to get there. So it's not just camp, but it's also transportation. And it just, it became a lot more of a hassle and not as beneficial for us. So we stopped going to camp. We don't do like a big four day long camp. We just wait in August and just our varsity group goes to an all-star gym and we just do a three hour stunt camp. We found that we can teach the basics just like they do at the other camps. My coaching staff can. So we do that with the lower levels and then the group that is ready to move on and be more elite. We take them to that camp and we learn those more elite skills that are harder or newer that I can't teach or I, I don't know how to teach. So it's beneficial for us that way. And it's a lot cheaper than the 40. And we all have our scheduling conflicts, right? We all have, we're all dealing with kids that are being pulled in a million different directions. But just, just for the listeners out there, Alyssa, how many kids are in your fall cheer program? This year, we actually had a small group at like 78 people total from freshman through senior. Other years, I've had above 100 for my fall. So program-wide with fall and winter, we usually have over like 100, 120 people. I never, ever, ever like obsess about my inability to schedule something when I think, and I just tell myself to think about Alyssa. I think it's hard with 18 kids. And then I think about Alyssa trying to figure out 100 kids. We don't have that many problems. <laughs> 100 with all WWE. 
What would Alyssa what do? What would Alyssa exactly? do? <laughs> yeah, I don't Not know. Not 14. I remember I remember last year I had I had a mom message me at a JV football game and it was like my little eight Waukee cheerleaders who were on JV and she like pans a video over to this freaking Ankeny Centennial army of cheerleaders. <laughs> and I was like, what like, in the world is happening? <laughs> She's like, yeah. I think we need help because they're taking up all of the stands. Yeah. <laughs> JV when they're only on one side. And it's like, we're trying to scooch over, but now like we can't cheer in enough space. Yeah. I'd be so like, any old props. So it's trying to figure out, like, I have so many squads. They all need an opportunity to cheer. Who are we cheering for? So trying to find games and events for them to cheer for has been. Well, I guess I'll you? kind of piggyback off of Alyssa. So oh, I kind of agree. Like, maybe I've just never had, like, the best experience with camps. But I feel like a lot of the time it's like I can teach those basics to them. And so actually, not at Pella. We haven't done a camp since I've been at Pella. But I think it would be beneficial for them because they are kind of a younger squad. But when I was at my previous school, I used actually, it was called CSA. It's Cheerleading Stunt Academy out of, I think it's out of Illinois. I used them and I loved them. I would use them every other year. <clears throat> and then the opposite years, I would use Tribe. But that every other year when I was using CSA, they had the program for the All-American Cheerleaders. So the girls had the opportunity to do that. And then we would travel to Florida and they would perform at the Bull Game. So, but I would only do it every other year. But that's really the only reason I would use a camp. Interesting. What about you, Chelsea? So we've done a couple options throughout my eight years. I started with CSA because that's what I had when I was in high school. Did that for one or two years. And then we moved to just like I hosted camps just because we didn't have the funds to go to camp or have people come to us. And then actually this past year, the past two years, we've been using Iowa Central and United All-Stars in Fort God. They are phenomenal. Highly recommend them. And a lot of those, they have just random. You can have stunt group camps or just random if you want to come. And a lot of my girls lately have been like, I want to go. Like, I will pay for it. And I actually had pretty much my whole team this summer go to one. And they paid for it on their own. And then we did one with them this summer that the cheer account paid for. And if they wanted to compete on cheer dance this year, they had to be at that camp to do so. And then we did choreography through them as well. So we've gone to a lot of camps at Waukee. We've done a lot of different things. We, we did NCA speed camp this year, but, and the, my girls kind of hate it mainly because it's probably the hardest two days that we do all summer, but I take them to elite cheer in Omaha and it's a great experience for them because he's got one of the largest gyms in the Midwest, but it's also, I'm not gonna lie. It's a great learning experience for me because Lance always schedules us. His name is Lance Stoltenberg. He's an amazing guy. I know he works with Bettendorf still, I think in Iowa and maybe a couple other schools, but he, I get to learn so much from him because he spends like a week before he is with us he spends a week with james speed who invented nca speed camps and so like him and james went to school together or something and they learn new grips and he's like hey we're changing the grip on the ruby slipper to this or try it this way or add this twist here so then he gets to bestow all of that amazing knowledge to me as a coach and i get to like retain and write and learn from that as well so like it's a great i think camps are wonderful because if you pick the right camps, I think that you can, you as a coach can gain so much knowledge. I know Jordan can relate to that. She's gained so much knowledge by going to Tribe, right? Which is amazing. 
So it's like, make sure that you're finding the camps that are good for your kids and the talent that they have, which I think everybody has said here, but like, and then also make sure that you're going to go and you're also going to learn. Like, it's not a vacation. Like, it shouldn't be, I'm just going to put my feet up and do whatever I want now. Like, that's like, that's not how this works. Right. And I also think the other big thing, and I am guilty of it, and it's on my schedule. I, I put it on my schedule for this year, but I didn't make it happen. But it, I am forcing myself to bring in other people throughout the season, whether that's for sideline or for competition cheer, because for two things, right? Like we go to camps and we go to all these other things and we bring other people in because sometimes our kids need to stop hearing our voices mm -hmm. and Absolutely. Hear, hear the same thing that comes out of my mouth every practice come from Alyssa's. And then they're like, oh, okay, maybe Tim's not so dumb. No, I'm not. I'm not I'm cool. dumb, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a little dumb, but it's okay, right? So think through those. And the other thing is use your resources. I know that if I were to message Amanda Murphy, and even though she's never worked with my Waukee kids, but I know if I message her and be like, hey, I'm having an issue with a stunt thing. Can you come help me? She'd be like, yeah, tomorrow? Next week, like, when do you need it? Send me a video. Send me a something, right? Same thing with Dan. Same thing with any any other cheer coaches that are on this call or anyone that I've built a relationship with, right? Like, or, you know, barely gracefully know, right? So use your network. Use these coaches. Use the Spirit of Us page to start commenting and to engage with each other to, like, answer questions or get answers for yourself. Something else, those of you who maybe listened last week heard me say this same thing when it came to your title as a cheer coach. But I think the same thing is true with camp in that as the coach, you get to decide and define what camp means. I've done a camp before. I've done a my own camp. I scheduled them to come for a couple hours a day and I did the whole thing. We currently go to United All-Stars in Iowa Central and Fort Dodge. I've done a mix, but it's your call to figure out what that means. And it doesn't have to be what everybody else does. You know your kids best and you know what that means. And for me, getting to design our camp as a program is one of the most fun things too, because we know our kids and like, okay, when we get done at camp, we have this much time before bed check. So what are we going to do? How are we going to entertain them? How are we going to team build? Like we go to an aquatic center and they get to swim and have fun and do random things that aren't cheer related and build a relationship there. And then we eat dinner and then we pick our team motto for the year. And we have that condensed time where they're separated from home and they're separated from work. Cheer coaches are resources and use each other to help out. I mean, I'm not the most experienced cheer coach on the block. This is my, this, I just finished my second year coaching cheer dance, but if somebody called me and asked to come help with a camp or even just to come spot, here I am. Like I'll put my hands up. I'll help you figure out that prep. You know, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And we've all been there and we all, even if you haven't been there, maybe you want to be there. Sometimes watching other coaches coach, watching Tim come lead my kids. I was like, okay, I need to do that better. I need to be more like Tim in this way because my kids think Tim is cool and my kids listen to Tim. So I just say a lot of off the cuff <laughs> things that are a little questionable sometimes. I mean, well. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad you did, Tim. Today I told my girls to <laughs> clap that thing together and they're like, Tim, better choice of words next time. I'm like, we'll see. <laughs> well, we had a question on our Facebook page and we've kind of talked about it. We kind of started out this pod with it of if you could buy anything for your program, if money were no object, what would you get? And we've talked about a lot of things that were pretty popular with 
a lot of people on that post, whether it be practice space, mats, equipment, uniforms, space, what have you, making cheer more accessible cost-wise. But as a fun little peace out question, if you could buy anything and money were no object, what's something fun that you would buy for your program? So you've already got all the mats. You've got all the practice space. You've got every uniform you need. And you awesome. get to buy something that's just super fun. What are you going to buy? So I'll I'm jump in on this one because I, I've i put some thought into this. I would build in like an experience fund. Like, yeah, we're going to cheer at the bowl game. Yep, we're going to resort camp. Like, I would love to not have to ever worry about money when it came to like, Oh, we're going to go to this resort camp and we're, you know, in the Dells or we're going to go to all of these cool experiences. Like, yeah, we're going to go to UCA at Disney. Cause why not? I think that would, that would be like just dear Santa bring me that. And, or Ian, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> either one. I like what you're thinking. I like those ideas. I went straight to transportation and I would like, if we're going to be dreaming big, like our sheer bus, that's like a charter, but I don't know, something nice like that. Oh, it would take everywhere. I don't know. Like, yeah, and it's like, maybe it's got some bugs in there. Sheer jet. Yes. Yes. And I also, yes, right. <laughs> yeah. And Wi-Fi, <laughs> Wi-Fi, good TPs, all that kind of stuff. And then even though this isn't really like super expensive, I think I would also want like a karaoke machine. Because my girls love to sing always. And so, like, karaoke machine and, like, the lights, Tim, like, you had at your competition just, like, all the time, though. Because that just Can we sense. start a GoFundMe on the Spirit of Us page for Alyssa's karaoke machine? Yes. <laughs> on the okay. understanding that all coaches of our can use it at any time. During a lightning <laughs> delay one year, I found a random mic and we had a karaoke party in the cafeteria during a lightning delay. So I know... It wasn't like an actual machine. We just sang, you know, normal songs. But I know they would love it. So. Give a girl Anytime a mic, a she mic. can conquer the world. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Chelsea, what about you? What would you buy? Oh, that's a hard one. I do like the experience one. I'm actually planning a trip with some of my friends to go to College Nationals in Daytona this year. And all my girls are like, take me with you. Like, I want to go. So, like, to be able to take them to watch and see like the potential of what could be, I think would be awesome. Yeah. And thanks for the invite, Chelsea. It's fine. Yeah. I was like, Come I with. guess we're not Come friends. It'll be I mean, I'll be giving birth around the same time, but like we can make work. <laughs> I won't. I'll be in mourning. It'd be a great trip for me. <laughs> yeah. For our listeners. We're all invited. We'll meet up. Right. Tim is, Tim is struggling with feeling replaced by my baby. That's coming. My second child. So, She's Send a wrong. prayer for him. Tim, I'll take you on a baby moon to Daytona with no baby. Take <laughs> my bus that's wrapped with a karaoke machine. Yes. 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 yes absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, I guess Jordan's if I had to pick something that wasn't already said, because I definitely would echo cool. the experience and the transportation. But just, you know, picking something that's different, I would see a DJ for my team. Because my girls are constantly singing and they're always saying that my sons aren't cool enough because, you know, 
I'm not cool. So I would say buy them their own DJ so then they can have whatever music. This has been super fun. It's been very interesting to hear the different perspectives that we have from all the different sizes. But at the end of the day, what I think is probably the most affirming thing to come out of this podcast is that despite the fact that all of us are at different size programs, a lot of the things that we celebrate and a lot of the things that we struggle with are the same, which is a lot of why we started the spirit of us. We are in this together and we can empathize and sympathize and understand and celebrate and support each other because we get it. We know what it's like and we'll be there for you to help you get that bus with a glitter wrapped karaoke machine. (laughs) 